This afternoon, I preach to you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 13. You can find that on page 528 in the Book of Praise. Continue to understand our confession, the words we use in the person of Jesus Christ. The church confesses, why is he called God's only begotten son, since we also are children of God? Because Christ alone is the eternal, natural son of God. We, however, are children of God by adoption through grace for Christ's sake. Why do you call him our Lord? Because he has ransomed us body and soul from all our sins, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood, and has freed us from all the power of the devil to make us his own possession. beloved church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, where does your mind go to when you think the word freedom? Maybe you are thinking of the time you or your family fled as refugees from an oppressive government, and you associate freedom with the opportunity to make your own life choices. Maybe You never had to suffer in that way. And you've grown accustomed to associating rules and responsibilities with a type of oppression. And so when you heard the word freedom, you're thinking of the day you left your parents' home. Now you're free to control the thermostat in, in your new abode and come home whenever you want to. Or perhaps your mind went to the last time you left your regular work behind and you took a vacation to get away from your responsibilities and all those prying eyes and moral judgment. The more freedom we enjoy, the more entitled we feel. And the very meaning of the word freedom gets further away from the sense of being delivered from harmful oppression and closer to the sense of being independent and free from any rules, responsibilities, or sacrifices for others. When you think of freedom, do you think of it as deliverance or independence? The problem is that when the meaning of freedom shifts from that deliverance mode into the vacation or independence mode, we find that our pursuit of freedom will become increasingly selfish and harmful to our neighbor and displeasing to our triune God. Many people who do whatever their sinful hearts desire without respecting their neighbor end up in the prisons. Those who want freedom from rules and responsibilities will ruin their marriages, will cause harm, to their families, become entangled in a new slavery where they worship themselves as God. This is because there is no such thing as total independence. And it is misleading and harmful to associate the word freedom 
with independence. When we turn to the scriptures, we learn that although freedom does have the meaning of being set free from oppression, it does not teach that living in freedom is the same as being independent. There is only one who is truly independent, and that is God the Creator Himself, who answers to no one, who, who owes no one anything, and is completely and perfectly self-sufficient. However, God created us to be dependent on Him and dependent on one another. You were made to serve God and your neighbor. The devil wants you to serve Him. And so it's impossible for humans to live without a master. The only choice in life that we have, I guess, is which master we will serve. Will you worship the Lord, master, in your life? Who will you worship as the Lord and the master in your life? What kind of slavery is the one for you? Slavery to the desires of your own heart? Slavery to a particular substance or practice? Slavery to your husband or your wife or your family? Slavery to the opinions of others? Will your sinful nature be the, or, or the devil be the master in your life? Well, thanks be to God, we have the revelation of Scripture that the Son of God is our Lord. We can thank the Lord that He has not left us to, to as, as the saying is, choose your drug, but instead He has taken us to Himself as His own possession. The Son of God is our Lord because He truly loved us and He ransomed us with His blood in order that we might be free from every hindrance so that we can serve Him. And I preach to you this gospel under the theme, For freedom, Christ has set us free. We'll see this freedom as adopted children and freedom as ransomed possession. When we think about freedom, the freedom that we have in this life, we are guided by the scriptures and guided by our confession to think of the freedom that is found within family structures. So it's helpful to get our minds into the question of families. Think about families. Children, do you love spending time with a parent? Do you notice how parents always encourage you to see new things and to, to learn about your place in the world? And teenagers, have you ever noticed how parents want to be there for you and want to encourage you to use your gifts? Can you also see how that support and the love that you experience in families can only be helpful to you if there is cooperation between family members? And that the best times when you feel most free are when you are voluntarily doing your chores, voluntarily keeping the rules and making sacrifices for the sake of your family. You could think of an example where you might miss an event that you really wanted to go to because you needed to be there with your family. You find in that choice a, a freedom that came from a responsibility. Well, the family as a foundational structure of society 
that God ordained in his wisdom gives us a good understanding of the freedom for which Christ has set us free. It's striking to see that there is a connection between being adopted as children in God's family and being set free. This teaches us that being set free is being placed in new relationships that you didn't choose, but that require a lot from you. Whether you like it or not, in a family you depend on one another. And you can't separate yourself from this responsibility without causing great harm to yourself or or to others. Freedom in Christ is not independence, but it is living in relationships. In a healthy family, working and living together in one home, whether as husband and wife or parents and children, there will always be cooperation, serving one another, making personal sacrifices for the benefits of others. You could think of the need to share a bathroom. In family relationships, each person's gifts are valuable components that not only strengthen the family and enrich the experience of others, but being able to use them helps each individual grow as well. Rules and responsibilities, along with their enforcement through loving discipline, serve the well-being of a family and become a treasured part of fellowship. When we think of families, we can quickly see that freedom in Christ is not always what we might imagine it to be. Well, a local congregation is also like a family that again reflects the way that God created the world in the beginning. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is immediately made to be a part of the family. Although our relationship to our Father is different from God's only begotten Son, who is the eternal, natural Son of God, as we confessed also in the Nicene Creed, of one substance with the Father, and as you confess in the Athanasian Creed, equally infinite, eternal, almighty, and divine, we are brought into the same family as adopted children. Being called adopted children reminds us that we are the recipients of a loving, of a loving and deliberate choice. There's no accidental adoptions. So that we never need to doubt the legitimacy of our place in the church and in the kingdom. God has chosen to place you here to worship him, surrounded by the fellow Christians that you see around you. God has given each of his children the responsibility to now freely develop the gifts and talents that God has given to you so that you can be a blessing to your family, your local congregation to the church. We do not have to conform to the same norm with respect to our appearances, with respect to our education, interests, and experiences. We are free to shine in different colors, but at the same time, as part of the same family, we will all want to submit to the will of our Heavenly Father who knows us and loves us and disciplines us because he wants to do what is best for us. 
as in a healthy family, freedom is found in the context of submission to God's rules and our faithfulness to our different responsibilities. The Lord has not adopted us into his family so that we can do whatever our sinful nature desires, but rather so that we may be bound to him and our brothers and sisters in love. And Galatians made that so very clear when we we read that not to use freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Even though we may take a break from some of the more immediate demands in our life with a vacation, we cannot take a break from who we are and our position in that intricate web of relationships that Christ has placed us in through adoption. God Almighty, the independent one who created the world to be interdependent, he himself came to walk in the garden and to live in fellowship with Adam and Eve. Later he would send his own son to take on human flesh. The perfect world that God created came with responsibilities to work together in the raising of children, the development of culture, the ongoing worship of God. Service is such a part of who we, have been, or who we are, what we have been made to do, that when God's people are given glimpses of, of the glory of heaven, like Isaiah 6, they see God's holy angels serving, not sitting around relaxing in me time. As part of a family, we have a responsibility to one another. And although our sinful nature often leads us to be selfish so that we might not feel like giving encouragement or proud so that we might not feel like uh, receiving or we might think we don't need any support, we will only find the freedom to be who God made us to be when we are serving God and serving one another. As in any family, there are different roles and responsibilities in a church. Sometimes giving, sometimes receiving, sometimes leading, sometimes following. And as in a family, our our position is something God decided, not you. So although we may try to flee from our spiritual family, or disown our spiritual family, or cancel or block members from our spiritual family out of our lives, In God's eyes, we remain a part of that family. The responsibility remains with us in our life. Now, 1 John 2, verse 19 does say that some who go out from us are simply making it plain that they never were of us. But in a family, the children, God's children, there can also be children wandering away. So a rebellious son is still a son. An estranged daughter is still a daughter. An unkind or unfaithful brother or sister still has the responsibility to love and to be loved. So we see in this context of of family and being adopted, freedom doesn't mean being able to be selfish, but it means that the chains of sin that hindered our service to God and our neighbor have been cut off 
by our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And so we have freedom as ransomed possession. Now when we as Christians talk about our freedom, we not only have to talk about it in, in, in using the language of belonging to a family, but also in the context of having a Lord who has made us his own. The language of the Lord's, of Lord's Day 13 of the Heidelberg Catechism is very clear and very strong, but very biblical. Jesus Christ has ransomed us, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood. So he is always our Lord. Lord just means master. We are his possession. As 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20, the display text you saw as you were walking in today says so clearly, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. In that gospel, we see that we're delivered from the power of the devil. We also see we're not freed from serving Christ as Lord. The freedom that Christ has set you free for is, not, is really only a freedom to be a servant in Christ's kingdom. Now this may not sound very much like freedom until you compare it with the only alternative, which is to be a slave under the power of the devil. Now we have to be careful not to give the devil any glory, for he is not an equal and opposing force, or he's not an equal force to God. He is only a creature with significant power, who takes advantage of the sinful nature of fallen people who are inclined to hate God and their neighbor. He wants to kill and destroy everything that God has created good. And he can only have reigning power in the lives of those proud people who have been given over to their selfish desires in rebellion against God. He doesn't need to work as hard in the hearts of those who believe who believe they, he does not need to work as hard in the hearts of those who believe that they cannot live a full life if they are not free from responsibilities and relationships. So we see the devil's power is really dependent on the sinful nature, that, 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 that list that we read in Galatians 5 verse 19. His power is dependent on unchecked sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And if you look at this list, you can see that that, for many people, is a list that describes what freedom looks like. The Bible tells us the very things that so many people today identify as a sign of their freedom is indeed the work of the devil, signs of slavery. Second Peter 2 verse 19 says it clearly, they promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. Well, the gospel message that we confess is that there is another Lord who does not work in, in cooperation with our sinful nature, but who saves us from its dominion and its power in our lives. When our Lord ransomed and rescued us from the power of the devil by his blood, he seals his victory by his spirit, 
who wages war against the sinful desires of our flesh that we all have in our sinful natures. We read about that also in Galatians chapter 5. And now with the Spirit in our hearts, we are not just motivated by the external consequences of a change in our position and relationships that we were adopted as God's children, but now we are also motivated by the internal reality that God himself is Lord in our hearts. Those whom God has adopted by grace for Christ's sake are powerfully led by this same Lord so that we end up fighting against the very foothold or the the handle within us that the devil uses to control so many people. By God's grace, that that sinful nature is is attacked by by the Holy Spirit as, as Christ becomes Lord in our hearts. And so the temptations lose their appeal. And they lose their appeal when we see the the noble glory and the wisdom and the love of our Master, our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God who made us his own possession. Christians are not entrapped, enslaved in the power of the devil. Sin has no dominion over them. For God's Spirit in our hearts makes us want to now spend eternity serving our Lord who ransomed us, who made us his own possession. We see who has delivered us from the chains. We see our Lord. We want to serve him. Galatians 5 verse 1 gives that warning then for freedom. Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So what does freedom under the lordship of Jesus Christ look like? Now although our charter of rights and freedoms in Canada may promise many freedoms like speech and religion and association, the Bible doesn't promise that this is something that you should expect in this life. The freedom for which Christ has set us free is a spiritual freedom. It means being debt-free and free of any obligation to earn our way into God's favor by our deeds. We have been freed from our sins. Christ's work brings us out of the kingdom of darkness and into his marvelous light. Under Christ as Lord, we already are citizens of an eternal kingdom and we can begin to enjoy this peaceful fellowship with our King already today. We look around and we can see the kingship of Jesus Christ. We can see the the work of Jesus Christ. We are citizens of a heavenly kingdom which gives us the freedom of being sojourners on the earth. Sojourners with knowledge of the one almighty Lord. Our freedom is connected to the eternal kingdom of God. And often in this life, and again, we have to think of Christians in all different circumstances in the world. Often this freedom is in that knowledge that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are sojourners in this world We are citizens of the eternal kingdom. I've just read several books written by 
ex-prisoners that describe life in the prisons in Britain and the United States. And I learned from reading these books that, that the prisoners who do well have managed to move beyond their physical chains by living in an unchained reality that they find in their imaginations or the books they read or the projects they are working on. Their minds are set on higher things. And as I'm reading this, I, I pray that many of them may one day have their minds set on Christ, that they may find comfort in the eternal kingdom that he has obtained for all who believe in him. It leads us again to, to really pray for prisoners. We pray for Redemption Prison Ministries and for Reverend Ramkasun and, and other prison ministries in our country and around the world. We pray that we too may learn to set our minds on things above, on Christ seated on his throne. Now these books describing prison, they also talked a bit about how difficult it is for a long-term prisoner to adjust to freedom. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are released back into communities. While they are in their cells imagining freedom, they picture situations where they can just do whatever they would like without any guards or cells or steel doors or locks or rigid schedules. When they come out, however, they realize that when they do whatever their sinful nature drives them to do, well, they just end up hurting people again. Being freed from a cell does not free you from your responsibility to your neighbor. That's a very important thing that Christians who have been freed from the dominating and the enslaving power of sin and the devil have to learn. We have been freed from sin to be cared for by our Heavenly Father as servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our Lord Jesus Christ continues to lead and to guide and to discipline and to mold and to govern us in love so that we may be increasingly prepared to live in fellowship, in relationship with God and with our neighbor. That change of heart we see can also be compared to a picture of a king who, who comes and, and lets someone out of prison. So that prisoner, the ex-prisoner, the person, can use all their gifts and talents to now serve the king which makes his life so wonderful that eventually he only wants to serve. Having been set free, set on the path, and having Jesus Christ as our Lord, we see this change in our desires, so we desire to serve. Although we may be fooled by the evil one for a time to think that freedom is getting away from responsibilities to focus on ourselves for a change, we need to see that such an idea really only leads us into deeper slavery to the God, me. Freedom is not doing what we want, but it is doing what God wants, which is the best thing for us because that's what he made us to do. It's the best thing for us because doing what God wants brings us into the joy of fellowship with God as our Father in healthy, service-oriented relationships. 
And the good news is, we look forward to that, the good news is that when we get to heaven, to glory, we will be able to do whatever we want. Because we will only want to do what God wants. So that his name is glorified through our loving service toward him and towards our fellow ransomed and delivered brothers and sisters. And then we see, brothers and sisters, what that freedom in Jesus Christ is like. He has set you free so that you can love God and love your neighbor, which is the summary of the law. And he equips you for this by leading you to live your life in the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that's revealed in the law. Amen.